0: Brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. My favorite feature, you can get tickets in two taps. A two tap checkout that's efficiency. That's how you're supposed to do it in the NBA. Two taps gets you tickets, gets you checked out, and you're ready to go to the game every single time. So head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. <music> Welcome to the Game Notes Podcast. You hear the jazz music. This is the Utah Jazz Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Tony Jones, the Utah Jazz scribe. That's how important he is, is that I will use the word scribe to describe him right here on the podcast. Tony, I'm so excited we're doing
1: this podcast this season. All you have to do is just give me a pass in my shooting pocket and and watch me score, man. Like that's literally all you have to do. That's yeah. That's literally your only your 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 only job in this podcast this year. Here's the problem, though. You know, I like to shoot. That's yeah. the issue.
0: Is that so? We got this. Is the this is the problem? Is this is one of those situations where we're going to need two basketballs because we both yeah. like to we both like to put them up.
1: I'm telling you right now, this might be Kobe Shaq by by January. Oh, Kobe oh, we're definitely.
0: One of us is definitely getting the other one traded by the end of the season. That's one hundred. <laughs> like we're going to win, but one of us is getting traded. A hundred percent for sure. Um, That's what I'm talking about. No, man, I'm, I'm excited. Like, you know, I spent some time with you in Utah and, and and I've been close to the team and obviously you do uh, do the best job at covering this team out of, out of anybody. And that's no slight to anyone else. You're just the best at this. Um, this is a fascinating team this year, man. Like it's, they've been fascinating the last few years ever since they kind of figured out what their identity is under Quinn Snyder. But, um, but I think dissecting this team, you know, we'll have interviews all season long. You're, you're going to talk to Mike Conley. You're gonna talk to different players, coaches, whoever people around the organization. You and I are gonna you know break down what's happening throughout the season, have everyone looking forward to a to an exciting playoff run for this Jazz team. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm
1: ready to go. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to go. And it, you know the, that's the thing. Though, ever since they you know the offseason happened and 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 the Jazz traded for Mike Conley and they signed Bojan Bogdanovich and, and and Jeff Green and, and and Ed Davis. I mean the the, the air anticipation. Uh, for this season has been kind of off the charts, and it's you know I know that I've described it this way in print, but it's this is this has got to be the most anticipated season since ninety seven ninety eight for for Jazz because this is the only team that I've seen since ninety seven ninety eight that if you say right now this team can win a title, you're not I'm not going to be drug tested <laughs> like like they're not gonna like this team is not gonna be. And they're not going to be the favorites. They might right. not even be the, the second or third favorites, but it's not out of the question that this team can get hot, have everything go right, have health, uh, have everything in terms of health go right and, and, and find itself uh, in a position to, to, to win the ultimate goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I want to, you know, obviously they trade for Mike, the, uh, Mike Conley. They sign Boyan. They they flesh out the bench with Ed Davis and Emmanuel Mudiay and Jeff Green. And, and they've already bringing back a lot of talented dudes. And so, I think the anticipations there. They're kind of the the I don't know if it's the hipster pick right with with NBA Twitter and NBA circles, but like everyone knows this team is going to be good. And, and they're you're you're getting a lot of like, hey, the Jazz are my dark horse, which makes them no longer right. a dark horse when everyone's saying that, right? And so there are real expectations. And over the last three years, for various reasons, whether it's injury schedule, just not playing well, this team has started out very slowly. And I don't put a lot into into preseason, Tony, unless it's just overwhelming evidence. But there does seem to be an air of like, is everything OK in terms of this team coming together? And I don't mean that from like a chemistry standpoint, a bad locker room. This team's not good enough, or whatever. But the, the general sentiment that I've seen. Uh, uh, you know, Twitter, social media, people talking is just like, why didn't the preseason go better for this team?
1: Well, here, here's the thing. Okay, so, um, you know, I think the first 25, uh, the first 25 games in the schedule for the Jazz, those those are that's that's the, their toughest stretch of the season. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 13 and 12, or even 12 and 13, or something like that uh, after the first 25. And I and I still think that if they're uh, they're like 13 and 12, something like that. They're going to have a really, really good season. The the preseason was definitely a concern. I mean, let, let's look at this. I mean, we all know me as I test Twitter. I am like the, the leader of I test Twitter. So naturally I'm going to, I'm going to throw some stats at you right here. You know, the jazz were 33rd against NBA teams in the preseason defensively. So here's the question. How many teams are there in the NBA? Well, there are only 30 last it's- I checked. No, wait a minute. So they were thirty. They were they were last in the preseason defense. So they we're behind like NBA some
0: China League teams and some Australian teams. Was, we're seeing we're seeing one the jazz behind
1: teams. So they were thirty first. There were one. There was one overseas team Goodness. that was better than them defensively. Goodness. So that that's how bad they were defensively. They gave they surrendered at least one hundred and twenty five points in every game against NBA competition. They surrendered t- one hundred and twenty eight points. In three games against NBA but, competition. But Tony,
0: but, Tony, it is only preseason. That's why I asked that with so much reservation of, like, how much do we
1: put into this? Well, I think you put in some, like, a lot of it is schematic, right? Like, you know, you're incorporating a whole bunch of people into a Quinn Snyder schematic defense. And, and Jeff Green had a really good point. Uh, last week when we when we asked them about defensively and, and Jeff said, hey you know it's it's you're playing a different style of defense and a different style of basketball and defense for the jazz than you have you know for your entire career like your inclination defensively right what happens if if your teammate gets beat off the dribble right you help right. You slide over you play help defense. Uh, Well, probably neither me or you do this, but
0: uh, (laughs) it it better be above the three point line. Right,
1: exactly. So, you know, you're supposed to slide over and help defense. And but the Jazz don't want you to do that because they have Rudy Gobert there. So if you get beat off the dribble, they want that guy to put up a contested mid range shot uh, or go to the basket. And, and, and Rudy's waiting for, waiting, waiting for him at the rim. Well, that's different than, than what you're, than what, than, than what, what you're naturally inclined to play defensively. Um, You know, the jazz wants you to choke off the three point line. Yeah. They're fu- They're
0: funneling guys funnel. inside.
1: Right. They'll yeah. They're like everything to go bare. Right. Like,
0: we've, we've got that giant over there with two straight defensive player of the year. Like go yeah. ahead and test that.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Beat me off the dribbles. Right. Go ahead and finish right there. Right. And It just takes time to, 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 to recognize the differences of how you're supposed to help, how you're supposed to defend. And it's, this happened last year through 18 games last year, the jazz were 18th overall defensively. They still, they still finished the top three team uh, in overall defensive efficiency. I can't believe that I'm, I'm, I'm putting out all these stats today. Look at you, man. Um, This is a new
0: look, this is what you can expect all season long is me asking questions and Tony giving stats.
1: (laughs) Like I'm, I'm Andy Bailey all of a sudden, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, they were, they were 18 defensively after 18 games last year, they were getting lit up. I, I remember writing about, you know, the Indiana Pacers and Darren Collison and, and, and Miles Turner, you know, really taking, uh, take, taking the jazz to town with the pick and roll, you know, things like that. Um, they did the same thing two years ago, and you know they still ended up really, really good defensively. So I, I suspect that it's, it's going to be a challenge, and it's going to be a process for them defensively um, right out of the gate. Obviously, they are too good defensively to end up last in the NBA. Right. And obviously, there's nowhere to go but up for the Jazz from where they were in the preseason. Well, also, um,
0: Tony, Tony, like when this team does take off, as we've seen the last three years, like my God, they really like, you know, when they really it, one, take once off. it clicks, like they're, they're one of the most
1: dominant teams in the league. Right. And, you know, and, and, and the question that I have with this team to me isn't regular season, because I think this team is really built for the regular season. When you have four guys, when you have five guys like Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovic and Joe Ingles, when you have those five guys, you know, you have enough depth that you're going to win uh, in the regular season, and you're probably going to win big in the regular season. I think the Jazz can win 50 games this year and not play particularly well. I think if they play right. particularly well, they can win 55 games.
0: Yeah, right? I, I think I think they'll be around 55.
1: Personally, right. So, you know, my question for the Jazz this year is if they get into a playoff series with LeBron James, or if they get into a playoff series with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, or if they get into a playoff series with Damian Lillard, guys that could just flat or James Harden, guys that can just flat out take over a series, and it's a different game in in the postseason than the regular season. Is this Jazz team going to have enough star power to combat the star power that they're going to be playing against in the playoffs. And that's the question I have for this jazz team. Well, th-
0: so in, in kind of shoring things up, uh, we mentioned the moves that they made, but they've also, uh, had a, had a little bit of extension news. Um, as we hit that deadline yesterday, uh, for, for much for the rookie deals is they gave Joe Ingalls another year, right? A one year, $14 million extension. I believe. Um, what was the, not, I, I don't think it's something to question necessarily. I just, what was the thought process on a year extension?
1: You know, I talked to um, I, I talked to Joe's agent, Mark um, You know, for a while last night, and you know they, the two sides started talk talking in in in, in the summer. Um, you know, Joe went went to Mark, and Mark went to the Jazz, and you know those guys. You know, they the the first thing I think with the Jazz um, after two years. And this was before yesterday, right? After two years, the only player that they had signed for that third year, which is, I believe, the 2021 20, 22 season that we're talking about, um, the only player that they had signed for that season was was Bogdanovich. Yeah. You know, or, or the only rotation player uh, that they had signed for that season is Bogdanovich. Now, Donovan Mitchell is going to uh, get his extension by this time next year. So by this time next year, he'll have a max contract extension. So you can kind of cross him off the board. But, you know, Rudy Gobert uh, in two years is going to be an unrestricted free agent. And then, you know, the Jazz are going to have to deal with, you know, they're going to have to deal with uh, a potential supermax for him. Um, You know, so there's a lot. So the Jazz essentially have this year and next year with this core. And then the year after that, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And signing Joe and, and extending him uh, beyond this year that 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 takes away a little bit of that uncertainty because now that that locks him in. Um, Don, you know, signing Donovan next year that'll lock him in. Right. Uh, but this team is this team is going to change uh, probably after after next season. Um, you know, so the thing with Joe. You know he's a really, really good player. He's turned into a really good player. He's turned into a pillar of the community. Uh, him and his wife Renee and and his, and their two children. Um, you know, and, and and he's he's a guy that doesn't care. He doesn't care whether he plays thirty minutes or he doesn't play, care if he plays fifteen minutes. And you know they went to Joe and they said, hey, you know we want to bring you off the bench because we're going to have to make room for Boyan Bogdanovich. And Joe was like, that's fine. I'll just be six man. And, you know, when you can get that kind of guy who who's that kind of player, who's and and who's also doesn't worry about uh, what's going on with him individually. I think that that's something um, I think that that's something that's valuable to this team and this core overall. Well, I think he knows, too, like his job is to finish games, right? Right. Exactly. And and that's the thing with Joe. I mean, he's going to play the same 28 minutes, whether he starts or whether he whether he doesn't start, but he's going to be on the floor for the last five minutes of every game. That, um, that that that's more important than starting. What about, uh, what about Royce O'Neill's contract situation? So Royce, uh, Royce is unique because Royce wasn't drafted. Right. Um, that means there's no deadline to when the jazz can, can, can get a contract, uh, done with him. The two sides have talked, um, you know, uh, but, you know, I think that there's some sense that, you know, there's going to be some time taken. Um, it'll be interesting. I think the pressure uh, is a little bit more on the Jazz than, than Royce because uh, Royce is, I think Royce is going to have a really good year, number one. Uh, number two, he's he's very, very valuable in what he does because three and D, three and D guys who can switch through four positions defensively Uh, and also, you know, be effective in guarding somebody like James Harden. Those, those guys don't grow on trees. Right. Right. Uh, Exactly. And, and, you know, I think the most important thing, which is why I think there's going to be some pressure on the jazz. The most important thing is look at that free agent crop next summer. How good is it? Or how bad is it? I mean, it's it's terrible. uh,
0: It's yeah. It's like, it's, if you think AD is gettable. Okay, cool. Right. Right. Like, Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent, but a lot of people assume he's going to re-sign with the Lakers, and it's uh-huh. a pretty well-educated guess. Um, right. After that, DeMar DeRozan might opt out, right? Like, he might right. opt out. So, there's an right.
1: all, all-star, all all-NBA-level player. After that, like, it's not much. It's not much, especially with the flurry of signings uh, that happened yesterday, right? right? Jalen Brown's off the market. Buddy Hill is off the market. Um the De, uh DeJounte Murray, he's off the market. Like so, a whole bunch of people off the market. So the point is if Royce O'Neill gets to restrict free agency, somebody might offer him some money. And, uh, oh, for sure. Might, no, I mean three and three and D dude, yeah, absolutely. So I think the onus is on the jazz a little bit to to you know find a way to 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 uh come come to terms. Um, you know the thing is the the most the Jazz can offer Royce is uh, I believe eleven and a half million dollars a year. Yeah, um, that's the
0: it's a, that's like the weird like max extension, right? right? Like it's not that's it's not a max, max deal, extension. but the, yeah, that's his max extension is like eleven, eleven and a
1: half. Right. So if the Jazz can figure out a way to get Royce for maybe ten, you know, four and forty, something like that, something upwards to that, um, that's probably that's that's probably a fair deal. Um, but I, I, uh, I think if he gets to, uh, to, to restrict a free agency, um, nah, Obviously the jazz can match, but you know, right. There's, but, there's but you lose TV. control, right? You, you lose, lose control. You lose control over what his market is. Right. Um, well, let me, let me ask you this about the Royce O'Neill thing.
0: And I think both, I think you and I are still on, on XM Island, but, uh, for simply, I just think he's, he hasn't lived up because of health, but I think he's a really good player. Um, how much does his current deal affect them in terms of getting something done with with Royce or luxury tax, uh, concerns that when it all gets set in, in stone, I, I know it's not a long-term deal for Dante, but how much does his presence right now with his contract affect things?
1: You know, I think it does because I mean, Dante's getting what, $9 million a year and he has, and he's hardly played and, and I'm on XM Island. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, I think that like you,
0: you and me are Tom Hanks right now. I believe like
1: I we, think we, we're, we're cast away. <laughs>
0: Now, who's Wilson?
1: Is it who's, now, who's oh, I'm, Wilson? De- I'm definitely floating away in the ocean and not getting <laughs> saved. I think that's me for sure. <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing, right? Like, you know, listen, this let, let's t- jazz fans. I don't know if you guys know how polarizing this is. I had to on Twitter do a note. Dante X. I had to stop talking about Dante X for two months. Goodness. Because of how polarizing he was Goodness. Uh, in the off season. Um and you know, he's he's literally probably the most divisive figure in the Jazz organization right now. And that's through no fault of his own. It's just because is, Yeah. Is it just to, because he, he was a high nope.
0: draft pick at this point?
1: Right. Like I do and, feel
0: like like look, I think that matters, Tony. Like when you're a high draft pick and you don't, you know, quote unquote live up to expectations, whether that's injury, whether it's not being good enough, whatever that is, right? But at a certain point, I do think you have to let go of that draft pick selection to a certain degree, right? Like it's a sunk cost at this I point. I
1: think you like, have to let go of the moniker, right?
0: right. Like, yeah, exactly.
1: You know, right. You have to let go of the, the. you know, you can't, right now you can't look at Dante Axum and say, okay, here's the fifth pick of the 2014 right. draft. And, and, and
0: I don't You're think that absolves him, right? Of like being a good player, living up to some expectations. Right. But I think you have, like at this point in his career, you got to let that go. If that's one of your hangups, like, look, he was the fifth pick in a draft.
1: Like I get it. Right. Like, you got to let that lit- go. Right. He's never going to get to that level. What you, what you want from him on this team right now is for him to a add size to your backcourt, because now your backcourt is six foot and six, one, right? Um, you want him to be the defensive player that he's been the last two years. Cause he's turned into a terrific defensive player and you want him to be a change of pace guy in the open floor. Like you want, Dante, you want Dante, like, I'm telling, if I'm Quinn Snyder, I'm telling Dante, every time you see a crease, I want you to attack. I want you to bend the defense off the dribble. I want you to finish at the rim. I want you to get fouled. I want you to find open teammates. I want you to collapse, collapse the defense. I want you to be aggressive because he can do all of those things. Like he's like six foot five, six foot six point guards that have his athleticism, his first step the way he defends, they can be valuable players on a team like this. And the Jazz have told me themselves, the Jazz front office have told me themselves, they still think Dante, they can be special. Um, they still think that Dante has has the tools to be a, a, a special player in his role. Now, not a special player overall, not not right. an all-star, but a special player in his role. Like you know, Pascal Siakam was special in his role, and I, I think that that's even a bad comparison because Pascal became the second best player on a, on a title team, and Dante's not going to be the second best player on a title team. Yeah, but, uh, but like, couldn't you couldn't you see like player.
0: couldn't you see like if he's healthy, building himself into a Tony Allen
1: type of player, right? Yeah, yeah, somebody who's just an elite defender. Yeah. Uh, and and who can do things even who can do things on the other side of the floor and and that's what you need because this I'm telling you with the way this team defended in, in preseason you need more perimeter defending like you need right. Royce <laughs> right, <to> be, exactly <laughs> you need Royce to be a, you need Royce O'Neal to be a great perimeter defender you need Dante Axum when he gets healthy you need him to be a great perimeter defender um um in this in an the ceiling of, of the group as a whole. Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. Okay. You mentioned the, the small backcourt. How much of a concern is there within the jazz organization that, that Donovan Mitchell shrank two two inches this summer? No, Cause I mean, we got the official, he's a six foot one. Now he was six, three before he's six foot one. Are we getting a situation where he might be, he might be five, eight in three years.
1: They knew you were six, one when they were, <laughs> when they were trying to trade up for him in the draft. They didn't, they wouldn't say it, but they knew they, they knew you were six, one. Listen, all of these things happen behind closed doors anyway. They knew he was six one. Listen, th- th- what's 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 the more important thing with Donovan, right? He has a six for ten wingspan. Right, That's exactly. more important than him being six for one in height. And and listen, six for three, if you're six for three, even if he was six for three, he's only Sean Respert. Okay. So Sean Respert was a shooter, man. Sean Respert was a shooter. Sean Respert was also six for three. That's why, why he didn't last. Right. <laughs> Um, and, and and the thing about that is, it, this is whether you're six one 6'3", is still small vertically for a shooting guard. You know the the thing that makes him able to guard his position is the fact that he has such such long arms, and and that's what helps him more than anything. That's what helped Allen Iverson. Allen I don't know people people were like, oh my god, Allen Iverson was so small. How did he do it? Allen Iverson had an insane wingspan. Iverson had insanely big hands. John Stockton had insanely big hands, you know? So these small guys who are able to play bigger than their height, there's usually a physical attribute, uh, that, that explains why they can do what they do. And, and Donovan Mitchell, he has a six foot 10 wingspan. That's why he's able to do what he does.
0: Um, all right. So Mike Conley was brought in to kind of help Donovan, right? and, And I think we've seen the last two years as the Houston Rockets have taken down the jazz in the playoffs, the Rockets kind of said, well, we're going to go stop that kid, right? We're going to go make life for him. Hell, if anybody else wants to beat us, go ahead. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll deal with that if it, if it happens, but we're going to stop Donovan Mitchell and we're going to make it, make him as inefficient as possible. Right. And it worked. It worked. There are a lot of factors that went into them losing both those series, but that strategy worked because as much as I like Ricky Rubio, he wasn't the guy to take that pressure off of Donovan in terms of playmaking. Joe Ingles didn't take that, that pressure off in terms of playmaking in in those series. And so Mike Conley comes in and Tony, he can do some things, right? Like he can, he can, he can hit you at all three levels, right? He can hit you on the three point line, hit you in the mid range with that floater as he gets into the lane and he can finish at the rim. And so moving into this season, how do you see Mike Conley affecting Donovan Mitchell?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be real positive. I mean, I think, Um, so the jazz lost this game because they lost all of their preseason games, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think you saw a little bit of this against Portland, uh, last week, last Wednesday, um, you know, Damon and CJ were going nuts. Um, and, and, you know, and Donovan was going nuts on the, on, on, on the other end. Um, you know, and then. Mike Conley came, stepped up in the second half and just like really started, you know, getting some stuff done. You know, he got into the lane, hitting people with the floater. He finishes with 20 points. And I think you saw just a glimpse of, you know, what that backcourt can be. It can be a kind of your turn, my turn type of thing. I don't want to, I don't want to make it that simple, but it can be kind of a, a thing where, you know, both of those guys are going at once and. And, and it's it's not a Donovan.
0: It's not a Donovan. It has to be your
1: turn every time. Right. Right. Exactly. And there's a difference and there's a difference between scoring and having gravity and having gravity is more important than having scoring, especially when you're playing against a team that wants to stop somebody. And, and, you know, that was the thing with Houston, you know, Ricky Rubio could have hit, could have gone eight for eight from three point range and they still would have let him keep shooting. And they still would have kept playing the same exact defense um, that they were playing on Donovan Mitchell. So there was nothing Ricky Rubio could do that was going to get Houston out of that defense, right? That's what that's called having gravity. Houston's yeah, just, absolutely. If, if 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 Mike Conley, if you replace Ricky Rubio with Mike Conley, Houston's simply not playing that defense.
0: No, because they're, worri- they they're worried Conley about the Con- yeah, exactly. They're worried about him, him doing that, right? Um, in t- in terms of in terms of because look, I don't want to I don't want to say a more modern style, even though I think I've written that a couple of times uh, with the Jazz, because I still think they'll be slow. They still shoot a, you know a, a high volume of threes for as slow as they play. Um, but things are different. They adjusted a, a bit last year and they staggered Faves and and Gobert. But the you know having Boyan out there, having Joe come off the bench, like things are different this year. How how do you how long do you think it? I, you mentioned twenty five games earlier. How long do you think it takes them to adjust to? I guess this newer style of, or this newer roster construction for them?
1: I think it's going to take some time. I think it's going to take at least a month, at least a month, you know, because you're going to have to adjust to, you, you're going to have to, like, you're going to have to figure out rotations. You're going to have to figure out like last year, for example, right? Quinn played Derek favors that power forward. Then he played Jay Crowder and then he played tabo, Cephalotion. light. Like, yeah. Do you do the same thing this year? Do you start, you start Roy Royce O'Neill power forward and then play Jeff green and then play a couple of minutes of George Nyang, N- George Yang, or do you, you know, just play two power forwards, you know, do you, how much do you play Conley and Mitchell together? Because you're going to want one of those guys on the floor for 48 minutes. So how much do you stagger those guys? Um, you know, how much backup point guard does, uh, does Joe Ingles play? What's Emmanuel Mudiay's uh role within what role within the lineup. Oh, right, guess what? Dante Axum's eventually going to get healthy enough to play. Right. Where does he fit in? Um so there's there's gonna be a ton of questions to figure out and they're gonna be figuring it out through a really difficult part of the schedule. Like the Jazz's first 25 is filled with playoff teams. Like you see Uh, You see the LA Clippers twice, twice in the first 10 games. You see the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, you see New Orleans three times, you see Milwaukee, you see Philadelphia, you see Toronto, um, you know, so there's, there's just a ton of, uh, you see Sacramento a couple of times. Sacramento's really good offensively. Like there's just a ton of, 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 of teams uh, that are vying to make the playoffs and vying to, to, to win a championship uh in the first in the first twenty five games. So, you know, the the combination of the fact that, you know, the Jazz are gonna be trying to figure things out and they're gonna be trying to figure things out uh while they're playing a bunch of Titans, um, it you know, is is probably gonna to lead to a slow start. Uh all right, la or right, I got two more two more prediction
0: questions for you. So does Rudy Gobert become, I believe, the only other player in NBA history other than Dwight Howard to win three straight Defensive Player of the Year awards?
1: If Rudy takes this team to a top three defensive, to a to a top three defense, I'm giving it to him for a third straight year.
0: Yeah. And I think he'd be the fourth player ever. I think uh, Dikembe and it's either David Robinson or Zoe. I can't remember who else, but I think that he would be the fourth player to win it three times, period, which yeah. is
1: damn impressive. <laughs> Uh, I think it's some different person. Let's see. The thing about this this jazz team, and we didn't mention this, they were fourth offensively uh, in the entire league in the preseason. So if they, let's say they're top four or top five offensively, if they can get the top five defense, this is going to be a really good team. Uh,
0: And then last question, man, how how many wins and where do they finish?
1: I'm going to say that the jazz are going to be 52 and 30. And I am going to put them either third or fourth. I'm not sure where.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 55 wins, 55 and 27 and put them fourth. I think the West is just going to be crazy.
1: And I think it's all, I think two, seven, 55 wins is only going to get them fourth in the West.
0: I I think that's how crazy the West is going to be. You
1: are out of your mind. 55 wins is going to get them. I think
0: think we're going to have, I think it's going to be like tiebreakers. I think you're gonna have like three or four teams with 55, 56 wins. I'm telling man. you, man, it, the West is gonna be nuts. The only t- the only seating I feel comfortable with is Denver winning uh, the one seed because I think Denver's set up to be that. Yeah,
1: I, I, see that that's the thing, and 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 I, I don't know if Laker fans and Clipper fans realize, like they you know the Lakers could very well be fourth, and like they can be very well, very well be fourth in the regular season. Uh, and then, you know, when, when the West, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a different thing in the playoffs.
0: Well, that's the thing, um, Tony, like think about the crazy seating that changed on the last night of last season, right? Like everything changed, like so much changed where I'm just like, man, one game on the final game of the season
1: could, could put the jazz fourth even though they basically, that- basically the jazz lost their first round series to Anthony Simons.
0: That's what happened, man. <laughs> That's how crazy this stuff is. You can lose a first round series to Anthony Simons on the last
1: game of this regular season. That's what happens, man. Like they were like, I mean, listen, I was in the jazz locker room when all that stuff was happening. Um And he and- played like 47 minutes of that game. They didn't even play a bench. They, they tried, so like, like you, you know that that Terry Stotts was like, Anthony, you know we were trying to lose this, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's
0: why I played you so
1: much.
0: <laughs> That's why they're so high on him this season. Um, man, I'm so excited for this season. I Like, it, it hit me yesterday. Where I'm just like, man, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to do this podcast all season. Make sure you, you subscribe. You can subscribe on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash NBA tip-off. That'll get you a uh, a free week and forty percent off on the annual subscription. Um, if you want to hear this ad free, if you want to hear it with the ads, if you want to want to get it for free, we got you on uh, on Apple Podcasts wherever you can get uh podcast whatever player you use whatever app you use we will be on that i believe so you can catch us there uh but make sure you got to subscribe to the athletic one you got to keep me employed and two tony's got the best coverage you want yeah you got to keep me employed no tony you're good man you're gonna cover the jazz better than anybody this season you can read all of tony's great coverage right there and then you can check out my power rankings yell at me every monday how about that
1: we yell at you every other day though bro yeah, but I only
0: listen on Mondays. That's my that's the only day. <laughs> that's the only day I listen to the criticism. Otherwise, head in the clouds, baby. Head in the clouds, head in the sand. Uh, make sure you check us out. Make sure you check us out all season. And Tony's got some, uh, some fun stuff come up on the podcast later this week. Uh, for Tony Jones, for Rob Lopez, our producer, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on game notes right here on The Athletic.